I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From Postcard from the Past and Wardour Studios, this is Podcast from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. This is the programme where we explore the stories, the memories and the meanings behind the pictures and messages on old, or not so old, picture postcards. I'm Tom Jackson and today I'm delighted to say my guests in the studio are writer Molly Goodfellow and actor Alex Lowe. Alex and Molly, hello and welcome hello. to Podcast from the Past. Hello, thanks L- for having me. Lovely to be here. <laughs> Molly is a writer, journalist, comedy writer. You'll have seen her opinions and analysis on politics, feminism, celebrity culture, mental health and more on uh, Sky News, The Independent, uh, The Evening Standard, GQ, The Guardian, Prospect and many other reputable magazines. Um, Molly comes to us with a CM7 postmark from Chelmsford in Essex. Molly, do you still send postcards? Um, I still send card cards, not necessarily postcards. Sort of greetings cards? Yeah. So kind of thank you cards. Um, I still have some relatives from, let's say, the older generation that send me birthday cards, and I like to send thank yous back. Um, and it's just a good excuse to get writing, because I do more electronic letters these days, I'd say. Do you find your handwriting suffers a bit? Yeah, definitely. Even just working day to day, I hardly write on paper anymore, which is a shame. We're losing the skills. Now, Alex Lowe is one of Britain's finest comic actors. Uh, These days, whether he likes it or not, he's probably best known as the increasingly ubiquitous, world-conquering Barry from Watford. On LBC, in his own series on Radio 4, on stage with Angelos Epithemiou, hosting Celebrity Bingo at the 100 Club, interfering in the American elections, or assisting Noel Edmonds on Channel 4. Barry is clearly taking over. But... Beyond the confines of Watford, in a very busy career, Alex has also appeared in numerous comic productions on stage and screen and airwaves, including memorably playing Brian in Claire in the Community and Clinton Baptiste in Phoenix Nights and, of course, many other characters and voices. Alex arrives here today with an HA5 postcode from Pinner. Alex, when did you last send a postcard? Well, uh, not for a long time. I used to go uh, in the in the mid-90s, I was. I seemed to do a lot of plays at the Coventry Belgrade Theatre, and I was then sort of uh, courting. Is that an expression the young people <laughs> use? My uh, now wife, and I used to go and seek out the the, the grimmest, most miserable <laughs> postcards of the concrete jungle that was Coventry City Centre. And the standard must have been quite high in oh, Coventry. Oh, really? I, I mean, now they've all got uh, preservation orders slapped on them. These kind of horrible um, buildings. Um, I used to find that, that was my. That was one of my. Um, 
favourite things was to, to seek out the, the most miserable cards I could find, send them to uh, my wife. I think actors on tour quite often send cards, and it seems to be something you might do when you're away from home. Yeah, I mean, if you're sitting around all day with not much to do and uh, just drinking tea, staring at uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the grey of uh, Country City Centre, yeah, it's something to do. It breaks the monotony. Right, a small piece of cardboard to break up the yeah. day. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a, a very good thing to do. And um, well, before we discover the cards that uh, Molly and Alex have brought along, I will give you a quick card of mine. Of course, this is in the uh, postcard from the past style, uh, an old card from which I've selected just part of the message. Now, this one is a picture of the River Beuli at the Grand Defile of the Druim Pass near the Krask of Elgas between Beuli and Strathglass. That's um, not much room for the message on there, unfortunately. Um, and this was sent... 25th of August, sometime in the 60s. Can't tell you when because the date's a bit obscured. Very simple message. Um, I got up early this morning and did our smalls. <laughs> I'm sure they were pleased to hear that in um, Colchester, Essex. <laughs> not, not far from uh, Molly's neck of the woods. Yeah. And it might, might have been a relative of yours. I don't think so. Is that the, that's that's the only thing that's on the uh, the card. There it? there are other words, Alex. Yes. Um, okay. But I, I've made the selection for I you. I love it. Great selection. <laughs> love it. Um, one more because that went down such a storm. <laughs> it's a black and white card um, with um, what I call a waffled edge. I think yes. it's actually called a deckled edge. If it, okay, it, um, serrated. Scalloped. Yeah. Sc- scalloped. Very scalloped? good. Scalloped. 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 Yes. Yeah. Little wavy bits. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's slightly larger than the last card. Now this one I can give you a date. 12th of September 1961. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was sent to Angmering on Sea in Sussex. The image is of Happy Valley, Clandudno. Oh, yeah. Seaside view, um, cliffs, and a uh, bald headed gentleman from behind. And the message <laughs> is there are a few young people here, mainly very nice. One's a bit odd. And he's after me like I don't know what. <laughs> uh, Susan wasn't very happy with her no. uh, companions. I don't know if it's the chat with a bald head that's after me. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Just to let you know at home, uh, images of all the cards we discussed today are on the website, which is www.postcardfromthepast.co.uk. And you can see those images there. Uh, take a look and you can see that we're not making any of this up. Uh, now, Molly and Alex, uh, you've been kind enough uh, to come along to the studio clutching postcards of your own. Uh, Molly, could you tell me about the first card that you brought for us? Yeah, so the first card that I bought is a postcard I got from a girl called Flora. Um, on the front, it has got this kind of illustration of a script, and it says printing by Harold Kerwin on it. Okay. Um, is that a book jacket originally? I don't know. Um, it looks very influenced by Penguin. Ah, and it's got perhaps it's one of those papers, those ones from the big box of penguin cards. Ah, so it says on the back, printing 1948 cover illustration by Jack Bra. Very nice, very nice. So yeah, and, um, and on the back, I noticed you've got blue jack on this. Yes, so this was this did have pride in place on my bedroom wall, but I had to take it down for this podcast. Okay, so it's here for a, you've kept this for a reason. Let's yes. find out what the reason is. So um, it's quite a long, convoluted story. But a few years ago, myself and some friends. Um, we were all journalists, me and my group of friends, and the kind of annual press awards shortlist was released. And as is kind of 
maybe typical of the time, it was quite heavily uh, dominated by male journalists. And right. we kind of thought, why is this? You know, we all kind of looked at our mentors and other people that we work with and we say there is such a high volume of women working in journalism. Why are we not kind of breaking that? ceiling and making it into awards list so we decided that we would make our own awards kind of off the cuff we said let's just do our own we'll, amazing we'll get a bar mm. we'll sort out the nominations we'll do our own and we'll show them that you know there is this kind of that's quite a thing to pull together yeah Absolutely. it kind of sounded easy in our heads <laughs> and then because we decided that we wanted to do it the week of those awards to kind of so that they were highlighted next to each steal other steal the thunder yeah and considering they'd already posted their shortlist. We kind of had to pull it together in a number of weeks. Um, so it was called the Words by Women Awards. Um, we kind of pulled in help where we could, kind of use the contacts that we knew. Um, the Groucho Club gave us a room. Brilliant. Um, we managed to get, you know, kind of the women that we look up to in journalism to kind of agree to be judges. So we had like Lisa Markwell from the then Independent on Sunday, Kay Burley from Sky News um, hosted it. And yeah, they ended up being really successful. Amazing. Does it still run? No. It doesn't, oh, unfortunately. We all kind of got... We did the first one and it did have quite an impact. You know, yeah. we kind of got write-ups in the garden and places. But then also we were kind of five girls in our early 20s doing our own careers. And do you think that, um, well, maybe f- female journalism has has slightly more of a profile now? I think so, definitely. I don't know whether that's down to us, but I think kind of... Um, you know, women are kind of making their own... I think so. I mean, when I think stamps. of journalists... Oh, gosh, I mean, I'm now going to not be able to think of one single female journalist, but, you know, Grace Dent and these yeah. people who... Uh... And I think nowadays kind of women aren't as afraid to kind of point out inequalities and where they think they're being treated unfairly, yeah. whereas in the past they may have said, no, I kind of need to be quiet and push through and just kind of get on with it yeah. so as not to kind of not for my career to suffer. Right. But you could you could consider this award ceremony to be resting for a few years and come yeah, back and exactly. why not? There's no Absolutely. reason. Exactly. Absolutely. And kind of, you know, I'm still friends with these women. We have kind of networking drinks and things like that. We're launching it now. <laughs> this is the official <laughs> oh, <no>. launch. <laughs> Relaunch. But yeah, so this postcard. So we had a student um, of the year award and the prize for this student was to come and do two weeks at Sky News. Um, and Flora uh, Warren won. Um, she would believe, off the top of my head, she was at Union Exeter. Right. Um, so she came and spent two weeks with me in the politics unit at Sky News. And after it had finished, she sent me this really lovely postcard um, just to say thank you and oh, for the experience. And it really touched me and it just oh, made me think lovely. that, you know, if nothing else came out of it, at least for this girl, she got a great experience. And I've spoken to her recently. She's getting on really well. She's writing for several publications. She's working in the industry. So, yeah. It's a really funny thing when, you know, after years... Well, I mean, you're considerably younger than me, but after years and years of trying to get up a greasy pole, you feel in any way able to offer someone anything. You know, I mean, if only, you know, if I hear a a part going or an audition, you know, if you can just get in touch with someone and say, look, I'm not not available, but you might want to speak to this. It's incredibly rewarding to feel that you've done that. Yeah, and especially because journalism is quite a... It's quite a closed industry in many right. ways. So I came in kind of a different way. I skipped university and went straight into work and then worked through social media yeah. jobs and then did an apprenticeship for journalism with The Independent, right. which is quite a different 
route well, in than many other people. I think that's really uh, any uh, any younger people listening. It's kind of worth knowing that you don't have yeah, to. and that's something that do I the sausage factory <laughs> of uh, yeah. you know uh, the kind of higher education. Yeah, thing. kind well, of. It's quite a modern way to do it as well. Yeah. The social media thing is, in theory, is very democratic. If you've got ideas yeah. and 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 you can make people connect with them. Well, it's part, kind of open yeah, to you. part of my application for the apprenticeship was I'd been writing my own blog. I had my yeah, own social sure. media, so I could show them that I could write. And yeah, um, I totally suggest it to anyone trying to get into journalism. And every kind of August, September, when the uni times are coming, I kind of oh, say, yeah. don't stress about it. There's other ways to get there. Very good. And you, and you put your effort where your mouth is. You actually arrange yeah. the awards and, and, and I like to think so. this particular young journalist through. That's terrific. Oh. Very good. I'm not surprised you keep that card. And you normally keep that stuck up somewhere. Yes, do you? up on my bedroom wall. Very okay. good. Well done, everyone, I say. Thanks. That's a terrific thing. And I, <laughs> I would like an invitation to the next awards. Of course. Uh, were men invited? Of course they were. Men were invited, yeah. Of course yeah. they were. I look they just weren't <laughs> celebrated. Exactly. I look forward to going along. Um, Alex, mm. I don't know if your card is, 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 is a definition of some huge piece of act of altruism and, and social good, but uh, I'd like to see your first card, please. Well, it sort of is, is, is a. a Wow, this, this, this is a big, this, it's a big card. It's a big card. Um, this guy is, uh, you know, very altruistic. I mean, he's, he's certainly certainly helped me. It's a card from uh, Kenneth Branagh, uh, the actor and producer and all-round lovely chap. Wonderful. Uh, and it's, uh, it was sent to me, I think, um, I was doing a one-man show about wrestling at the uh, Edinburgh Festival in 1998. And I can only assume, I don't remember, but I must have invited him along to see me. And he says that he can't do it because he's in America uh, till October, tarting my wares. So I can't <laughs> see like a run a through. solid excuse. Yeah, yeah. And he says, good luck with it. And Edinburgh, all's well here, although as Caliban might say, and I think I've just been playing Caliban in uh, Stafford Castle, the aisle is full of noises. L.A., LA noises are strange, or the best mate can be. <laughs> wow. And um, yeah, I mean, I sort of kept it because for a long time, Kenneth Branagh, I mean, he really, really gave me a, a leg up into the business. I, I, I met him in 1982. I was in another country, which is in the West End, right, with course. him and Rupert Everett, and I played Wharton, who was the dormitory fag. And, oh, and um, what a phenomenon that was in the West End, that show. Oh, it was fantastic. It made yeah. careers, didn't it? it? Incredible, yeah. And. Um, I kept in touch with him because we sort of hit it off him. He would only have been in his early 20s at the time when I was 14. And you were then, 14? Yeah. Gosh, and early the, starter. Yeah, I was a very early starter. And then um, I did my uh, terrible degree in drama at Leicester. And at the end of it, there was no sort of showcase for any of us. It was just, I mean, it was, we had no resources, nothing. This is in the late 80s. And we, were, we knew we were going off to the Edinburgh Festival with the National Student Theatre Company. And my parents said, oh, Ken is in, um, he was at the King's Theatre doing King Lear and Midsummer Night's Dream, I think. And um, I got in touch with him. And he, he he came along with Emma Thompson to see us doing the show. And uh, afterwards said, come and, come and meet me in my dressing room at the King's. And said, what are your plans after uh Edinburgh and, and I had a, a theatre and education thing I might have been doing with Birmingham Rep and I said that and he said well are you not interested in the RSC or the National or coming to work with us at Renaissance Theatre Company and I said yeah of course I am maybe maybe <laughs> maybe and, and and I have to say you know you talk about altruism he um 
He said, well, what's your immediate problem? I said, I need an agent. He said, this is a list of people that we like. Wow. This is my number in LA where I'm filming Dead Again. Reverse the charges. And if you can't get an agent, I'll sort it out for you. Come and join us next spring. And it, it, it's what a, a rent. Oh, it's just fantastic. And, you know, I always felt very sorry for him. I don't suppose it happens so much now, but for a long time, there's that sort of British disease, which is anyone who's any good at anything, you have to knock. Mm. That's, and And if you're... God bless him, Eddie the Eagle, or somebody who's not very good. You know, they're you know we like a plucky loser. Yes. But someone like Ken, who also wasn't from the sort of Silver Spoon Oxbridge crowd, he was the son of a Belfast docker, and I mean, this, you know, he was great. He was great, yeah, and he's yeah, a, just hugely talented. Yeah, very talented, and and a really nice. And the, I think, as you can see from this from this postcard, very self deprecating and. Um, just a, a great guy. And for a while, I would have dreams about him. You know, I don't think you've ever had anyone who is Tell me so, about your dreams, Alex. <laughs> so instrumental in, in sort of helping you wow. early on. We Probably all, like we this, all this girl who, 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 who uh, Flora, you know. No, these are stories. These stories are both about about mentoring and, and yeah. caring, aren't they? And and you know, it it really does matter. And I've I, and I've kept that, and that's been on my mantelpiece. I've got other sort of notes from him, but um, he didn't have to bother writing back to say I'm going to come and see your fringy show which I probably did above a, a pub you know in, in London it's such a simple thing as well like I bet he probably didn't think anything of writing it no but that's it right. made such a yeah it did I mean I, I, it's so thrilling to um, to have that and I, I have another one at home on the back of the uh, Frankenstein we did Frankenstein and, and I played you know a seaman in that and uh, Seaman number seven, oh, something yes. like that. And um, I have a message from him there saying, you know, a film wouldn't be the same without you. Oh. I say that, I've never worked with him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I heard Seaman number seven let everyone down. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, the thing is, he's, he's always been a great guy. That's fantastic. Let, just um, for the sake of listeners who are not looking at the um, the feed that shows them the pictures, look, what's the picture on the front? The picture on the front is uh, Castle Rock Entertainment presents William Shakespeare's Hamlet, and it's Ken. Looking very young and beautiful with his uh, peroxide blonde hair. He's got sort of sting-like <clears throat> peroxide hair there. Hasn't yeah, he? and um, he's uh, by some candelabra. It's obviously a still from uh, Hamlet, which I think was 1996, right. and this this would have been two years later. So he obviously had a lot of these just <laughs> knocking around. Knocking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's, that that happens when you got sort of blank cards. I think that's uh, it. Publishers have the same, and, yeah. and the music companies have the same. Mm. Film companies use the postcard. Yeah. Oh, what a fantastically personal note, though. On a, on a, on a, on a kind of for the, the the front of the card is is, is a piece of uh, corporate publicity. Yeah. But the message on the back is totally personal. Absolutely, yeah. But I mean, I I used to be his stand-in. I then became his stand-in because I'm exactly the same height. Are and, you? Yeah. Well, not anymore. But uh, when um, oh, when you were young, you when were. I was young, and we did uh, Peter's Friends, in which I, I played. I had a part in Peter's Friends, and then this was 1992, and then we went to did much do about nothing in Italy, and where I was, I was playing the messenger who comes on the start and says Don Pedro is approached and arrests Keanu Reeves at the end. Um, you know, I was there for the whole thing because I was standing in for him, and I lived in a um, I lived in a in a villa for eight weeks with Brian Blessed while we filmed it. Now, there's oh, a separate story. That's a story, yeah. I mean, how was the soundproof? Wake up calls. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to tell you, it's exactly as you'd imagine it. It was exhausting. If you, if you, I mean, the thing is about Brian, you know, he, he's got a massive brain. He, he collects, 
huge amounts of it on any subject, you know. I mean, uh, but his thing was since he went up, uh, where did he go? Everest without oxygen. Some mountain or other. Some mountain or other. You know, he he was on a higher plane, and right. and I used to go up and take Brian a cup of tea on his veranda and say, "All right, Brian, sorry, did I interrupt?" And he said, "No, I'm just speaking to the Dalai Lama." And I'd be looking around for the phone, and he'd be pointed due east. Wow. And I'd say, oh, what do what, what you say? Well, it's a good time to catch him now. It's just after morning prayers. And I'd say, all right, well, well when's it all going to end then, Brian? He said, 2010. And uh, which proved to be wrong, thank goodness. Thank goodness. But, um, embarrassing for Brian. Yeah. <laughs> embarrassing for Brian. Sorry about that, Brian. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so I had a lovely time uh, li- living with. Uh, Brian Blessed. But yeah, so so being Ken Standin was was great for a while and then I stopped doing it because I thought you end up doing this for your entire career. So Yes. You know. Yes. You eventually you have to but isn't that part of this whole sort of mentoring dynamic that you yeah. you're, you're taken to this next place and then let go to do your own thing. That has to that has to happen. Yeah. I mean it is it was pretty terrifying with I remember um I stood in for uh Gilgood once. We did we did a short film. Wow. Um what was it called? Can't remember. Don't tell me you're the exa- you were the exact height of Gilgood as well. Is, is this a sort of special skill you <laughs> no, have? No, I think. But but you know, it's it's a it's. Oh, I think it was called the Perils of Smoking. I can't remember. Uh, but it's it had Richard, Richard Briers, and it was all about an understudy and an older actor. And what a uh, cast! Uh, yeah, it was great. But but I I mean, in those days, I must have been really blasé, and I was a bit hungover. And the script, I thought, well, I'm just going to be there for the lighting and stuff for Gilgood, and it had great swathes of Shakespeare in it which and I assumed you know they all knew the Shakespeare inside out and then Ken one day said yeah Alex, can you just read the off camera lines for Richard Bryce and in front of Hugh Crutwell who was the head of RADA and Gilgood and a couple of <laughs> Shakespearean scholars I butchered uh, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet um, and to such an extent that Hugh Crutwell had a RADA came over and said um no, the whole meter should have told you that it wasn't that the way you. And I thought you get so far, and to do that in front of bloody Gilgood. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So it was great time. I'm waffling now, but uh, no, it, no, was, uh, it was great. And, and, and yes, and, and your career has taken many other directions since then. Yes. Uh, perhaps understandably after that uh, dressing down. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a lesson. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that. That's a. Uh, he's a knight of the realm, I think, Kenneth Branagh. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. Very good. Well, that's um, yes. We're, we're honoured to have the card, and actually, that's a really nice, touching story. I like positive stories. It's good. Yeah. Um, bring it back to earth for a minute. Another card from me. Um, it's a lump of rock, and the lump of rock is actually Langstrath and Eagle Crag, Borrowdale, the Keswick. Uh, this has got a three and a half piece stamp, sent in 1974, 4th of September, since you ask. Great, yeah. Um, some of these messages, I, I, are they entertaining? They're just odd. Anyway, they entertain me. Try this one. Peter wants to know if you are missing him, as he's not very pleased with me, as I spilt milk in his ear. <laughs> How? <laughs> I need to know. That's the problem with these posts. How? Why? <laughs> Milk? What? Ear? Is it camping? It's a bit of a, bit of a squash. I'm just yeah. trying to work out. You've got, you've got the you milk. Got the You're cup. trying to reach it back in the fridge and he's for some yeah. reason crouching down. Peter yeah. was forever inserting his head between the <laughs> yeah. cup and the... Anyway, yeah. who knows? Who can say? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey. You're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the postcard podcast. Um, my guests today, I'm very happy to say, are Molly Goodfellow and Alex Lowe. Now, in a break from the strict uh, format that we normally uh, adhere to. I recently, in my uh, various riffling through thousands and thousands of cards, I found a card that I felt was the postcard equivalent of those bicycles that you sometimes have at a summer fair, where they've been geared wrong, so that when you try and pedal forwards, the bicycle goes backwards, and when you try and turn the handlebars left, they go right, and your brain... Um, it will not allow you to, to compensate and actually move this thing. This is the handwriting equivalent of that, I feel. My guests around the table have had a look at it and trying to make sense of, of what it says. I'll just let them have another quick look now. But we have, in fact, also spoken to um, an expert earlier today, and we'll be able to hear his thoughts on the, what the message says uh, in, in a moment. I mean, uh, but first, Molly and Alex, can you make sense of that? I honestly cannot. I mean, some of it... Looking because as a journalist, I kind of studied shorthand for a bit. I wasn't very good, but some of the like half the words look like shorthand, mm. and then the rest looks like normal English that I just can't read. I just no. It we can make out that it's uh, it's sent to someone in Redditch, so uh, someone <laughs> Barry Frontman, <laughs> Barry Frontman in Redditch. Um, yeah, it's really hard to uh, fathom this. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's see what the expert uh, earlier today uh, made of this. Been going faster, faster exit, Badgard, new, we the boring ones, time and it, list off, Wally. That's very good. So now we actually understand what it said. Well, thank goodness we asked the expert. And that was um, uh, a correspondent from, from Watford. Um, Barry St. Michael, I think it was. Molly, back to reality. Yes. What's the second card you have? Well, we say today? reality. Um, my second card is actually from Twitter. Oh, virtual reality. Virtual reality. Or real virtuality. Um, so I took part in a panel of theirs while I was talking about memes. 
Internet oh my God, this memes. is the 21st century. Tweems on, tw- memes on Twitter. Yes. That's amazing. Um, and just speaking, I was speaking to kind of like marketing people about how they can harness memes and tweets into their, I don't know, repertoire of stuff that they do. Um, and they sent me a postcard to say thank you. And it has the Twitter bird on it. So this well, is I, a I, social media yeah. logo yes. on, on an old an piece old of, which was social media, it, it, says it even has a hashtag in it. It says hashtag thank you. Why would they put a hashtag on it? In case you make it go viral And then for them? hashtag the Twitter team. It, it's so at odds with the modern... It's almost like the Hadron Collider or something. You imagine the whole... This is going to send the universe into... Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, Gosh. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Twitter's been a huge thing for me. I know that a lot of people kind of have mixed reviews and I totally understand why they do. I think it can be quite bad for a lot of people. Um, but for me, it's been where I've kind of made my career, essentially. I kind of um, grew up. I'm one of those people who had internet from the age of when I was like 13. So mm. kind of lived my teenage years through the internet. And, you're, you're a Twitter native. Yes, allegedly so. Um, and, you know, I owe a lot of kind of personal relationships of mine to Twitter. I met my boyfriend on Twitter. We're moving in together at the end of this year. Um, Hashtag congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, I met an awful lot of my friends through Twitter, um, made kind of work contacts through Twitter. Um, so, yeah, big up Twitter. But, yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll get no argument from me. I mean, I've, I've contacted both of you via Twitter. Yes, and yes. Yeah. The, 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 the Twitter for the postcards has, has allowed this all to happen. So I think it's extraordinary. But in terms of your work, mm. tell me if I'm right, you, you are involved in promoting... I mean, how does how does how do you use Twitter in your work now? I mean, I know you now, use it to contact people. So I use it to contact people. I also use it to promote my work. So if I've written something right. for someone that I'm writing for, I will publish it on Twitter and say, "Please read this," because otherwise, I won't yeah. be able to eat food and get more work. And, and do you ever do the ultimate and write about Twitter? Um, I have, have done, done odd that? bits. Um, nothing too. Sp- Specific. I used to do a lot more of that when I was in house because I think a lot of news, um, news co- like news platforms now look to places like Twitter and Facebook to find content to write about. So I did a lot more of that when I was in house. But now that I'm kind of doing my own thing, as it were, um, not so much. No, I, I cannot leave social media alone. I mean, I'm on it all Me the too. time. It's a problem. It is. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I was having a chat with my wife this morning. She just said, "Could you please leave that alone." Which, which was on social media, nothing else. But I mean, you know, she she said, please, just stop that. And and it was, and it, I didn't even think, I was thinking twice about yeah. it. I was just liking something. Or... It's kind of a hate-love relationship. Like, I love yeah. it because it gives me so much, but also it kind of takes so much, I feel. And yeah. you're kind of living your life through it, if yes. that makes sense. It feels very, um, certainly Twitter feels very immature to me by which I mean we're all thrilled and excited by it. We love yeah. it. It's, it's so new and exciting still. Yeah. Um, and yet, I don't mean me personally, I mean all of us, we're incredibly naive about it. Mm. So all this, um, these bots and sort of um, sock puppets and fake fake stuff, basically, yes. um, I think we're surprised. We're incredibly naive about what's real and what's not. And I think there was, recently there was talk about um, banning certain kind of accounts and so on. And I think actually what, needs to happen is we just need to, to really educate ourselves and to be so much less trusting of what we it's see. It's not even bots. I'd say it's kind of real people too. I made, like, so last, earlier in the summer, I made this kind of glib tweet, not really thinking about it, about 
you know when it's summer and it starts getting hot and you're mm. kind of trying to walk around central London yeah. and there's just men on the pavement outside pubs drinking pipes yes. and you can't walk through. I made some glib about that saying, you know, ban men from standing on pavements in the pub. Just obviously right. So joking. a jokey yeah. comment. Jokey. Yeah, yes. you know, obviously don't actually want to ban men no, no. from the streets <laughs> because that would be bizarre. But this kind of right wing oh, yeah. man on Twitter picked it up and retweeted it with some sort of scathing comments and I immediately had kind right. of like hundreds of yes. men oh, the, yes. the pile on yeah. of people how dreadful telling me that I was awful and you know I don't deserve to live and all right. for this one fair enough eh? I mean yeah I was like fair comment a free it? speech Horrible. but it's it's amazing how kind of it only takes one person to pick something up and yes. share it in a way yeah, that yes. is unflattering yeah. and yeah. this I think there's also something about the way those arguments um, roll out on social media yeah. that is um, becomes quite tone deaf and quite yeah. um, irate in a way that I think face to face wouldn't just wouldn't yeah. happen that no, way. Right. I used yeah. to be you'd say, look, quite... I'm really sorry, or yeah. uh, uh, you know, you get it, don't you? And you'd be, yeah, you'd be back onto it. a human level that's with people. It. I used to be, I think, a lot more prolific with my opinions online, and certainly not now. Now, if I see something that I think is kind of wrong, I will try and argue it if I can. Yeah, but there kind of comes a point where you know that you're never going to change anyone's mind on Twitter. That's right, that's right. And as long as I feel like if you have that in the back of your mind, then you don't lose yourself too much. I, I really, yeah, and I think particularly with the Brexit thing, I'm yeah. just going to lay off that because it's... It's not worth it. It's not worth it, and it's really getting people heated, isn't it? What's it's the very point? intense, and obviously... I think we just have to love each other. Yeah. What thousands a lovely of people, thought. Thousands of people switch off as I say that. Yeah. What? How dare what? you? What is this? The man's a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, that's interesting, Molly. I mean, um, at the risk of um, over-egging this, um, you were talking to these uh, corporate clients about memes. Yes. And um, it's. I was, I was recently at a, uh, an academic seminar about postcards. Um, I was serving the tea. <laughs> and um, they uh, they were talking about the way that um, postcards sort of in the golden age, which is just before the First World War, really the sort of, uh, late Edwardian period, they effectively used um, what what we would now call memes. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. you'd get uh, comic cards that the same joke was kind of reiterated again and again on these cards, um, in just and, and varying slightly and kind of developing oh, exactly the way a meme would. Wow. Um, now it's a slow motion meme because a meme yes. on social media kind of works itself out within 24 hours <laughs> yeah. and then it kind of satirizes like itself. Postcard memes are way more impressive than online memes. Well, yeah, maybe, but they, were, they were, but they were rather slow and they're clunky jokes. Yeah, um, the best kind. But but I suppose what's interesting is there's nothing new. Yeah. You know, the same bit of your brain yeah. that engages with a meme is the same bit that your grandparents, sure. great-grandparents sure. Yeah. engaged with on the postcard. Um, yeah, more to follow in a, in a, a, a scholarly paper on this. <laughs> Alex. In fact, I think we're going to the golden age with you. Uh, what have you got for us? Yes, I um, do collect postcards uh, really for work. I have uh, four card ranges in the shops where I... You never stop. I know, I know. I know Fingers and all the pies. Oh, absolutely. And um, I got them from David Drummond, who is, a, I don't know whether you know him, just off, off Charing Cross Road in Cecil Court. Lovely shop. And it's a lovely shop of theatrical ephemera, uh, Edwardian theatrical postcards, you know, lovely old magazines. Um, these are all out of copyright. 
and through Woodmanstern cards. I produce those those Edwardian cards you see in W. H. Smith and John Lewis with a sort of funny contemporary caption underneath, but with a lovely old Edwardian actor or actress doing something very melodramatic. I buy those for my dad. Very good, very good. Keep buying them. them. Um, So uh, I have one here, which is uh, Miss Zena Dare, who was a huge star of the day, and she's rolling what looks like a sort of strudel or something on some... (laughs) on on, uh, a a, um, rolling board. What would you call that? And uh, on the back, I mean, it's a lovely... um, There's a message here. You only took my breath away. This is intended for a, in italics, hope I didn't hurt you, and then you know, underlined. Definitely a love story. Yeah, it's to Miss uh, E. Brown in Waterloo from Harry, and it's... uh, Harry's a boy. Possibly Harry. Harry. I've got a feeling it's uh, 1916. As late as that? Or 1906, maybe. Probably 06. Probably 06. Um, But yeah, so I've seen tons and tons and tons of these lovely Edwardian cards. Um, And I used to go in there and and collect them and flick through these in this lovely old shop, uh, David Drummond. I don't think he works there now. His sons have taken it over. Mm. But it was so ramshackle. It was (laughs) so ridiculously ramshackle. And I would be flicking through this stuff thinking, will this do for my card range? (laughs) Um, And he would be in the background saying, what was that lovely old play Dora Bryan used to do? And I remember and uh, talking about oh. plays I had no idea about. Right. I'd be thinking, I just You're drinking them. this stuff in, yeah, are you? Yeah, it's great. A bit, of, a bit of heritage. It was amazing. And people used to come in. I remember Wayne Sleep coming in wow. and um, Kevin Spacey came in and, and all these people. And there'd be a lot of chat about the theatre. And I think his particular... Um, passion was music hall because he was he was one of the top people at the either the he was at the Water Rats and and the Max Wall he was sort of right. something like the head of the Max Wall Society um, and I still do collect these these cards and they go out as cards sold in the shops. Very good. Now I think I don't know people probably know this very well. I wanted people to tell stuff they know, but there was a big. Boom in these glamour cards, as they called them, yeah. uh, before the First World War, wasn't it? Zena Dare and yeah. Zena's sister Phyllis, I think. That's as well. right, yeah. Um, you would see the same people appearing all the time. Uh, of course, now you put me on the spot, I can't remember any of the flipping names, but Seymour Hicks, who was an actor and a, um impresario, uh, she was in his company. Right. So you would get all these lovely, um, you know, lovely actors. And, uh, yeah, I mean, these these were very much the email of their day, little yes. notes put on the back. And um, I think also, you know, to, to pull back to, to, to Molly's point about social media when you say email, but also these faces, um, people like Zena Dare, Phyllis Dare, yeah. uh, Mary Studholm, Gertie Miller, yeah. they would be, they were currency. People, lots of people would have had their postcards and seen yes. their glamorous faces yes. who would never see them on stage. That's true. Because they they, didn't, they never got to the theatre. No, that's right. So I think they were a bit like the Kardashians. They were kind <laughs> of idealised figures of beauty, yeah. glamour, yeah. Uh, who you, you, you couldn't touch, you would never see them in reality, but you could have their image. Yes, that's right. And I right. think there was that currency of the image, very similar to what goes on today. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, very often you'd see on these cards, actually, it's interesting you say that, it would say something at the bottom like, isn't she lovely, what's her name? Or um, I don't know whether you've got this card already. Yes. So it was about collecting, very not collected. necessarily going to see the play, as you say. And um, I think I noticed on that one that yeah. the card, uh, the stamp, yes. is at an angle. Now, why is that? Well, there is, there's lots of different versions of this, but in that time, people sent sort of secret messages by the angle of the stamp. <gasps> and there wow. were, uh, the, the rules change whether you're in France or England and which rules you follow. But I think, broadly speaking, a tilted stamp like that, it's a sort of 45-degree angle, yeah. um, that means I love you. Aww. A filthy pig. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> That's a nice secret But it's a postcard, so you, you couldn't perhaps say that yeah. openly yeah. because wow. your mother would read it or, or your... Oh, isn't that great? The postman be all over that. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, so I think that you'll see that not yeah. not not that rarely. And so you don't have that kind of thing on social media, really? Well, you kind of have to be quite blatant. Maybe an emoji, a heart emoji? I mean, if you go through and favourite everyone's tweets back like two days, that's kind of the same. Is it? But it's also kind of bit creepy. Careful. It's quite creepy. It's a bit creepy unless you know who it is. Yeah. Well, and what, I don't really where have do a bee, you, so Where know. do you stand on the kisses on uh, after your name? <laughs> on a, on a, on a, well, I mean, that's often a sign, isn't it? Sometimes someone will send me... Oh, like text kisses? Yeah. I mean, oh, I might get... I mean, sometimes, and for anyone who knows me might realise this, I, I'm slightly embarrassed about a little kiss to So men. one is polite. This is yes, what I've learned. Form. One yeah. is polite, oh. two is flirting. Yeah, three is. And three is stalker. just like, I love you. <laughs> three is just like blatant three is marriage. love. What yeah. I find, I, I get away with it because my name finishes with an X. So, so your real I... name's Ale. <laughs> You're just very affectionate. You can just say, oh, I've got slippery. <laughs> yeah, it almost looks like, oh, did he mean that or not? That's quite uh, nice. That's quite a good position to yeah, be in. Yeah, it's a think. great position to be in. It. Um, it's, li- it's like the, the old-fashioned, oh, I meant to send that to someone else. But yeah. uh, you're an actor, you can get away with it. Oh, darling, we're all a bit like that in my game. <laughs> kisses for everyone. Yes. There's enough kisses to go around. Yeah. Well, look, thank you, both of you, so much for bringing these cards in. They have taken me on um, interesting places I never expected to go to. Um, but and, and, and also, I think um, there is broadly a message in these cards this week. Uh, which is that the, um, you know be nice to each other. They're all very sort of positive cards, which is really good. Oh, great. People saying thank you. People doing nice things for each other. Yeah. We need a bit more of that. Um, those of you at home, uh, another reminder: that the images of the cards you've seen today um, are all uh, on the blog, uh, which is www.postcardfromthepast.co.uk, um, and that includes this next one, um, the last one in the postcard from the past style, which you'll know from the book and the Twitter. Um, this is a card, uh, 12.5p it cost us in this, what in world? 1983. What a time to be alive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet you don't know what it costs to send a card now. It costs like 60p for a stamp. Yeah, at least yeah. that, I think. Yeah. yeah. I bought some of the day, I was shocked. Anyway, um, there's a lovely picture of um, the carpet gardens in Eastbourne. Oh, yes, yes. Carpet yes. of flowers, yes. really nice, and a very blue sky they got that day. Yeah. And the message sent to Mrs. Something in Norwich. Thought you would like a picture of the place of your great downfall. <laughs> oh, dear. That's like a subtweet, but old. Yeah, I love it. What happened? We'll never know. We'll never know. Um... 
Yeah. Is it a threat? I don't know. They feel know. like great writing props to kind yeah. of pick these up and kind of use them as like... Yes. So long as I get 10%, I'm happy. Of course. <laughs> I'm happy. Well, before we say goodbye um, with a heavy heart to Molly and Alex, um, I've got one more postcard for you both. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I don't know if either of you have seen one of these. Good God. Wow. Oh, I can guess what that is. Can you put it on a record player? Very good. Yeah. It's a place a that I'm sure you know very well. Ed- Edinburgh Festival. Postcard. Yeah. Oh, it's not. It is Edinburgh. Yeah. It's a musical postcard. Princess Street, Edinburgh. Hands across the sea. Uh, Jay, Reed, and Kozlov. Great band. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Look at that. That is an original picture disc. Yeah. I, 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 the point being, I suppose, it, it has grooves. Yeah. I wonder what the sound quality is like. Well. Surely David has been uh, the other side of the bulletproof glass. He can no probably, uh, of see what he can do. Oh wow! Ooh. It's coming in full on. Oh, isn't that lovely? Which year was it? I don't know the year on this. It's never been sent through the post, or maybe it went in an envelope. I've never heard this sound in Edinburgh. But <laughs> you might do during the festival. It could happen. I suppose so, yeah. Oh, isn't it lovely? Well, it's not bad for a piece of cardboard. No. Would you stream this, Molly? I'm going to say no. Sorry. You're a heretic. I would buy it for my dad. Which... Well, I, I'm happy for him. <laughs> Well, as the Scott Monument continues to rotate at exactly 33 revs per minute, that's it for this time on Podcast from the Past. I'd like to thank very much my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts, uh, Molly Goodfellow and Alex Lowe. Thank you both. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me, at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. 